This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is GoPowerCat.com publisher Tim Fitzgerald with great news to share with our valued 24-7 sports VIP members. As a way of saying thank you, a subscription to a CBS all-access commercial-free plan is now included with your 24-7 sports VIP membership at no additional cost. Watch all of your favorite shows on demand along with exclusive access to GoPowerCat's award-winning and one-of-a-kind coverage of Kansas State sports. Stream more than 10,000 episodes all access originals and live TV, including NFL on CBS games. Enjoy the CBS all access commercial free plan, a $99 and 99 cent annual value for the lifetime of your 24 seven sports VIP membership. It's an incredible added value for our subscribers and it's time you probably take advantage of this deal and become a go Powercat member. And remember to subscribe to the PowerCat Podcast at your favorite podcast provider, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Now, here is your PowerCat Podcast. The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Insiders Podcast, presented by Commerce Bank. And it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC Gig Powered Studios. Here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Insiders Podcast, sponsored by Commerce Bank. Tim Fitzgerald, Matt Walters of the Kansas State Radio Network, or whatever the dang thing's called. K-State Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. That's why I let him do it. Kellis Robinette from all newspapers still printing in the United States, but most importantly, the Wichita Eagle and Kansas City Star, and Ryan Black from the one paper not worked at by Kellis, <laughs> the Manhattan Mercury. That got really confusing. Yeah. And uh, Ryan is our SEC NASCAR expert because on a podcast about Kansas State, you need these avenues of information. We ran Kellis. We've run a couple of his stories before, just like when he sneakily got some stuff that we didn't get. Like, <laughs> sneakily. Like, like we, we ran the thing, uh, like when you talked to Gene about getting the game at Arrowhead, uh, okay. and we ran like. Oh, you have access to that stuff. We yeah, because we we because we definitely need like it's it's the uh, Tribune News Service, and so it also includes stuff from like Topeka, things like that. Because we especially like it for Chief stuff, because obviously we don't have. You know, Chiefs beat writer, so it's, it's important to have you, that. You print guys need to unite. But, hey, it even picks up my stuff sometimes. That's nice. I've seen my stuff picked up from time to time. Like your NASCAR stuff? Well, I mean, hey, I've covered a few races, but I didn't okay. do it this year. But I was just going to say, Kelly, the other one I remember was when last year uh, uh, you did that story, like, when's the next time men's basketball is going to retire a jersey? And it all centered around ah. pulling. So those are the two for certain I know that we've run from you. Maybe we should start running your NASCAR stuff. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, we, I don't write yeah, that sure. much. <laughs> I don't write that much. <laughs> Anyway, football, right? 
Kansas State. Remember to talk about K State basketball later. Yeah, I know. I'll forget. Kansas State defeats Kansas 38 to 10 in a game that wasn't nearly that close. Uh, uh, A long day of domination for the Jayhawks at the hands of the Wildcats. It looked like K State put it all together. It was very impressive. Um, and we'll get into a lot of different areas of discussion with that game. But first, remember, we are brought to you by Commerce Bank, where Matt Walters works and Com- looks like a professional. Commerce has the technology and the people to help with whatever financial challenges come your direction. Commerce Bank challenge accepted. There we go. It should have been worse than 3810. Mm-hmm. Much worse. Yep. Yeah, I went back and watched uh, the game again. There's nothing like re-watching a game on DVR that you can just speed through all the stuff in between. And, and you know, the play you know, nothing happens. You just go through that, too, and kickoffs and all that. Uh, Glad you actually got to watch it. We know last week you were having all your problems being able to replay it on. I, I took the advice of a, of a subscriber mm-hmm. and found it on YouTube. Yeah. Does mm. it seem strange the games are on YouTube? Yes. It doesn't mm. seem like licensing would allow that. Well, but it's on the Big 12 official channel, right? I mean, who who or where, who did you find yeah, it from? Today? The Big 12 hasn't done a good job of updating theirs. No, oh, I've been really disappointed with them. They at the start of the year they uh, started releasing condensed games, which was amazing. Yeah, everything down in 30 minutes, but they haven't done that in a long time. So I was just going to ask: what a is, tease. That, sure. is that TV? I, I, you don't want to call it a TV show, but you know, like seeing those condensed games where you see every play right, from the other Big 12 games, is that still happening? That's what he was talking about. They yeah, used to do yeah. that on the Big 12 website, and they've stopped, apparently. Big 12. When do those typically air? The digital footprint of the Big 12 is lacking. Yeah. Social media, all of it is just lacking. They, I don't know. Well, yeah, especially when you just compare it to some of... Uh, We've already been derailed, by the way. Twice. Well, I just say, just compare it to like how, how awesome K State's social media feed is, or look at some of these professional teams. They're amazing Twitter and, feeds. And you make a great point. I understand what the Big Twelve is trying to do. They're trying to save money, but look what Kansas State does with Man. a really limited number. Amazing of people. what their staff does. Just about hiring good people, and mm-hmm. uh, I have good people around me to talk about this football game that we're going to get to <laughs> right here. I got the stats right in front of me. Oh man! Um, it, it was. You know, K-State got the three and out on the first drive by Kansas, the first possession of the game, and then went down the field and scored in 10 plays, you know, 88 yards. Is that what that says? Just kind of chugged right down the field and, and scored. And, you know, that the first drives of a game don't really hardly ever set the tone. I mean, people script things. It looks good. It all falls apart. Yep. Nope, that summed it up. That kind of summed up the day. Um, and I had a feeling it summed up the day. It was so dominant with the backup running backs, Matt. I, they just set a tone early, and it almost felt like Katie didn't want anything to do with it. Did what they wanted to do, did it how they wanted to do it, and that didn't change. You know, Chris Kleinman told me coming out for the second half, he said the one thing that you know we, K-State, got to do and we want to do is we want to run it between the tackles. And... The Wildcats just shoved it down KU's throats. Um, to to me, the the thing that sticks out after the last couple of weeks, and I don't know if you want to call it major, if you don't want to call it major, but K-State's got to eliminate these 15-yard penalties. It's horrible. Uh, I, this is not an undisciplined football team, but I think because there is a little more freedom in what they do, how they play, et cetera, that's why some of these penalties are happening. 
that's to me the one thing that's got to get cleaned up. But Saturday was much uh, more of a blot than I anticipated. Matt, I'm curious with your vantage point when you're on the sideline, could you just feel like the air being let out of the balloon on KU sideline and just in the stadium? Just because this was like, what, the most anticipated matchup in this rivalry in a long time, and then <laughs> Kansas State made it pretty non-dramatic very quickly. Could you feel that, just being there on the field? Could you feel it? Yeah, and that's why I was a little taken by the, the comment after the game. It wasn't so much what K-State did, it's what we didn't do. Mm-hmm. Incorrect. Totally. Yeah. I don't know what game you were watching, yeah. Les, but Les wasn't watching. I no. was not watching the same game, apparently. Now, granted, they didn't have success, but there was quite a bit of it that was caused because of what K-State did and how K-State did it. But mm-hmm. in answer to your question, yeah, I mean, the first look at the first two touchdown drives, 10 plays, 88 yards, 10 plays, 78 yards, and those two drives combined for over 11 minutes. It's not a lot KU could do about mm-hmm. it. No. No, and they did it with James Gilbert sidelined with an injury. Jordan Brown tried to go, carried the ball twice, and left the game for good. And Kellis, Harry Trotter, man. Uh, the offensive line was spectacular, but Harry Trotter was a warrior. Yeah, I actually thought when he got the start, I thought that was really bad news for Kansas State because yeah. we saw how much they missed Jordan mm-hmm. Brown, and I didn't really want to see what their offense was like without <laughs> James Gilbert. Uh, but, yeah, it didn't matter. They could have. Probably not even played Harry Trotter and still won the game yeah. going away. I I was really disappointed with KU in this one. I expected more. I did too. I I think they really let down the rivalry here. After all the talk and everything, yeah. I, I was ready for a competitive game. I didn't think KU was going to win, but I thought it'd be close. I thought it'd be cool to have the sellout crowd there the whole time, but it just ended the same way it always did. The the play that stood out to me is not to take anything away from K State here, but the one where they had the blitz going and he hit uh, yeah. the KU defender hit Skyler Thompson. I still don't know how he absolutely should have had him sacked, and he just spins out of it. Then he throws to Dalton Schoen. Spins out of a tackle, spins out of a tackle, spins out of a tackle, <laughs> spins out of seven more tackles. It's like, cut. really? I mean, it they, like they should have just throw, it, they should have just walked off the field after that play. It, it, it looked it like was, an absurd play. That was the play. worst exhibition of tackling I've ever seen. Not, not to take anything away from Dalton Schoen. No, I mean I I couldn't do it. And that's the crazy thing about that play is that to me the one the part that stands out about it is more the end because of how. But it's like even the beginning. It did not seem like that's a play that should have even happened because Thompson should have been sacked. And it was just a cartoonish-looking play. And I think, like you said, after that, you're like, yeah, this is definitely not KU's day, and K-State's going to literally do whatever it wants. And, and I'm glad you guys already brought it up, because I think that's the, the other amazing thing, is we talked about, well, how bad could it have been if K-State hadn't committed 11 penalties for, what was the final, 112 yards? Is that right? 113? Yeah. 11 for 113? Penalty yardage, 11 for 113. Just how much worse it could have been if that hadn't happened. But then, like you said, the fact that K-State did this without its top two running backs. And... Malik Knowles was not even that big of a factor. No, he wasn't. Oh, well, they didn't I have mean, to throw the ball. That's well, I'm just saying. That, 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 Skyler you know. ran it more than he threw it. Yep, that's yeah. right. Yeah. It was just like earlier this year when I, I tipped my cap to Frank Reich, not to go to the NFL here, but when the Colts beat the Chiefs, finally in that ball game, Frank Reich realized we don't need to throw the football. We're just going to ram it down Kansas City's throats, and that's what they did. Yeah, and that's just what K State did, and it's incredible because they did it without their top two guys mm-hmm. in the backfield. And the thing that really struck me the course of the game was K State would pick up five or six yards with a run right up the middle. You know, Trotter's great; he might miss the first guy, but it, you know, the second guy will hit him right in the legs. You know, Harry can't get out of the way, but they pick up five or six yards, and the KU linebacker or Mike Lee the safety would get up, celebrate him like. Dude, that's exactly what K-State wants to do. They want to get five, six yards, keep picking up first downs, and 
possess the ball and wear you down. And by the end, the uh, Tyler Burns played great, but by mm-hmm. the end of the game, the KU defense was shot. I mean, they were just done. Because that's exactly how this coaching staff wants to play football, and it's fun to see. Hey guys. How much do you like seeing them run this option? I love it. <laughs> love it's, it. It's strange. The option was not something they used at North Dakota nope. State. This is a wrinkle they put in here. And Skylar Thompson looked like an old hand. Yeah. He I ran s- it perfectly. I said it last week when he when Skylar ran the option against Oklahoma and scored that touchdown. Nobody was home. Piece of cake. And then they're, they're doing it again. It's, it's awesome. I mean, there was nobody close. Uh-uh. It was blocked perfectly. But KU's defense had utterly zero clue. About the option. Because I was shocked by that. They never made an adjustment on the option. Even at the end of the game, it was still one guy trying to take the quarterback and the pitch guy. Yeah, it makes you wonder what new wrinkle to throw in next week. Are we going to see uh, Fumble Ruski? Like triple times? option. Triple, triple option. option, yeah. Yeah, triple option. Well, if they have Brown and Gilbert back like Kleiman hinted at, I imagine we'll see that inverted wishbone again. Well, I remember back in the preseason that Gilbert said that you know, he's a decent throw over the ball, so maybe they'll do some direct snap stuff. Well, that's interesting. One thing I will say about the penalties, though, I know that's too much, but I'm actually okay with a lot of it. I think I, I think the, the guys play with a swagger. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Bill Snyder couldn't live with it because the, the way he coached and the way that those teams operated, they weren't good enough to overcome those mistakes. I think they played everything so close. I think this team, in a way, you know, you don't want to go overboard. This was definitely overboard, like the McPherson spinning the ball. I mean, it's an automatic penalty. Why are you doing it? Oh, no, that was cool, though. Uh, so he, but, he, should, he shouldn't have even been penalized because that was so cool. That's <laughs> or they should have given, like, a 16-yard penalty because it was so perfect. Uh, well, Or the referees could have held up, like, numbers like they were judging figure skating. Like uh, yeah. Instead of throwing a flag. I like it. I thought it was – Matt, I'm telling you, it was so cool. I, I saw it. It's just It was like – you could tell it hit his little brain. It was like, I've been waiting my whole career. <laughs> To do this. Wham! <laughs> but I guess back to my point, though, is if, if you're going to make, you know, if you're going to make a good play on a lot of good plays, I'm okay with the boneheaded thing. I, they never showed the Trotter thing, the first one. I didn't really see what he did. Uh, he was yelling at the fans oh. after he scored. Didn't that happen quite a bit? I, the call, seemed very ticky-tack. The Kaltmeyer one was really bad. I mean, he just finished a block. He just That's drove, what it looked like to me when I saw the replay. He, he knocked a guy over and then... You know, drove him into the ground, hopped on him, or whatever you want to say. But it, before the whistle, happens on almost every play. It was very strange. But they do – some of the holdings were kind of funny. You know, Chris Kleiman said, we'll have to go back and look at the film, alluding to the fact they weren't – maybe they weren't holding. Oh, yeah, coach, they were. I mean, they were just – one where, they, you know, they're holding the jersey, and the jersey stretched out right in front of the, the official. It was like, yeah, that's holding. But the way they play – and he said this before, Matt – We'll, we're going to accept the holdings. And basically what he's saying is we hold all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most offensive lines do. Yep. And and I think he's made it very clear. They're holding a lot. And I'm sure the folks in the Missouri Valley Conference complain all the time about all the holding North Dakota State does and it never gets called. Well, you know, it's it's almost like West Virginia defense in basketball. You foul all the time. They can't call it all the time. Yep. And when when they settle into a groove, you know what they're going to call. And they really did only call the obvious holds, the ones that you kind of had to call out on the on the fringe, a receiver latching on, and the guy can't separate. Obvious ones. Well, in the last two games, K State's O line has played exceedingly well compared to you know at Oklahoma State and the Baylor game. If they continue to do what they're doing. Uh, up front, 
and and knock on wood, nobody's gotten hurt up front. Uh, there's they're going to win some more ball games and begin bowl eligibility right at the beginning of November, especially after what happened with Oklahoma State and Baylor. Yeah, pretty amazing. We didn't see, we didn't see this coming. So now, if you're going if we're going to play that game we played earlier, I think you really are looking at a an eight and four, a nine and three kind of year. Mm-hmm. I I'll be stunned if they're not better than eight and four. Meaning I'll be stunned if they don't want to lose three of these games. This one for me is the one, and this this is why I know Texas has got issues, particularly in the secondary. But there's one thing you can't deny about Texas is they're going to have big, fast dudes up front. Yep, they will be tougher to block yep. than Kansas. Oklahoma had that, but I I think the way Oklahoma with their slanting defense played just played right into K State's hand. Well, and I think the other thing too is regardless of what Oklahoma said, you know, if you believe K State's players, Oklahoma was overlooking them. Texas, Texas knows what K State's capable of now. K State can't come in now and be, you know, oh, we didn't know what to expect from them. You say that, but they always make this mistake. Well, well Texas needs this game, though. Yeah, they really do. They can really over, like, if they want to have any prayer of making the Big Twelve Championship game, they got to win this one. So does K State. Honestly, the loser of this game is out of it. But, do you know that's the first time I've even thought of those words? The Big Twelve Championship. K State's I mean, very viable. It's, it's the, winner, the winner of this game is in the mix. The the loser is the out. Loser's yeah. Out. Yeah, it's very viable. I mean, if if K State wins out and Oklahoma loses another game, they have the tiebreaker. And it's all well and good for Texas that they've had two weeks to get ready for this game. Yep. There's a bunch that they have not seen. Oh no! Get ready. That's exactly. You ask what they'll pull out. Just um, wait. They they've got a bunch of stuff in this offense they haven't done. But they really do need the three running backs together in particular, yeah. and I think this is—I think they know this game's a you know kind of the fulcrum of really big things because then you get West Virginia and Tech, and then if you know everything goes right, you got a head of steam with Iowa State coming in. Very interesting. I was really impressed how they were prepared, Ryan. Well, I, I want to say because it's, it's what it's been percolating in my mind here the last couple of minutes is you know going back to that story, Kellis, you wrote in the preseason about how much better Skyler plays when he's like the guy and he knows it, and when we knew that about him passing the ball. But I don't think I ever expected to see him run with such confidence. It's really, it's really remarkable. And they refused to do it in those two losses. You know, they they were really protecting him mm-hmm. in those two losses, and I think they finally realized. We got to do it. We got to do it. Yeah. They're just leaving it open, and if we don't use it, nothing else is open because they got basically an extra man out there to cover everything, and it works. I, I still can't explain why the option works so well. It's pretty basic defense how to stop it. But. <laughs> and Skyler doing what he's doing, it, assuming you take the injury stuff out of it, Skyler running like he's running makes Gilbert Brown and Trotter sure does that no much better. That's sure does it. It gets very difficult. But injuries are. You know, real concern with this team because of lack of depth and Kelsey AJ Parker being out. That's one of the guys that you kind of worry about. You know, he's been he's been everything you need him to be. He's been the headline shutdown corner. Can't believe how much he's improved. But losing him and we still don't know his status. I would guess he will not play at Texas. Yeah, Chris Clemens said today he's doubtful um, and he's actually going to go under an MRI today. So that doesn't sound good. No. He said it was a hopefully a sprained ankle after Saturday, but. Uh, probably won't play this week. And, yeah, uh, the other guys have stepped up when he hasn't been in there. Kevion McGee I thought looked good the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got some other options, but you're right. He's been their best corner. You take him out against a team that passes the way Texas does. Yep. They lead the conference in passing touchdowns then, uh, and attempts. I mean, it's going to be a tall order. Because then who's the guy that handles DuVernay? DuVernay is by far Texas's best oh, receiver. Yeah. He's got a third of their catches. And 
to me in the in this ball game Saturday, it's don't let Sam Ellinger go crazy on the ground, but you also have to bottle up Duvernay because that is Texas's passing game right there. Well, we know this. Texas has had real problems on their defensive side of the ball, but maybe they're getting some of those guys healthy. I don't know. I did absolutely no research heading into this podcast. They may have so a know. couple back on Saturday. But, Stearns is the big one they need back. Yeah, Caden Stearns. Uh, going back to the KU game, how stunned were you about K-State's defensive performance? I knew they would be good, but what they did to this offense that has been so high-powered and efficient was stunning to me. They took them out of everything they wanted to do. The play that got me was the Daquan Patton interception. <laughs> yeah. He knew where he was going to throw the ball. That's great. That's coaching. not where he lined up. He lined up in the middle of the field and then as soon as the, the play started he just moves right over like he's throwing it right here. I'm just going to catch it in the numbers and pick off the pass. That's exactly what happened. It's great preparation. That's like what they did every every play. There there were a few times and even the times when KU had him out schemed, like they had a great wheel route designed to Puka Williams on a play where they ended up with Wyatt Hubert trying to cover him. Could That's have been a good a, matchup. Could yes. have been a touchdown. He had huge separation, but there was so much pressure on Carter Stanley, he couldn't even look over there and throw it. And KU did not just like Oklahoma hardly ever went deep. Didn't have time. Didn't have yep. time for it. Didn't have time. Once they started hitting Carter but, Stanley, he wanted nothing but to do with it. The way they corralled, fenced in Puka Williams was pretty impressive. It was really good assignment sound football. Well, and the other thing I'll say is uh, I think, you know, Scotty Hayeson, K-State's defense coordinated a great job of just mixing in the blitzes very effectively because, like, the, the one that sticks out to me was a third down where uh, Goolsby came came on unblocked, hit him. It, it didn't – I mean, it affected the pass enough where it just ended up falling limply to the ground because I think he had an open receiver they yeah, probably would have been able to hit had Goolsby not been there. And he unloaded on him. And it's not just K-State <laughs> offensively. Again, I'll go back to – Texas may have had two weeks to get ready for this game, but there's still a lot of Scotty Hazleton mm-hmm. and this defense haven't done. Guys, how wrong were we about that defense this year? We said that I think we all said at least twenty seven a game they were gonna allow and I, you know I'm stunned by the secondary. Yeah. I'm really, really stunned. Well, especially the corners. After how bad they looked in the first two Big Twelve games. Yeah. I don't know how they just turned the switch like this. It's been crazy. It's called coaching. And why won't Matt spill the beans over here? He got all these. On what? Well, you, you know apparently what they're going to run next week on offense and defense. <laughs> oh. Quit teasing it. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> Come on. The double mamba jambo whammy sure. shinga dinga longa. We're seeing just bits and pieces more all the time. Again, Casey's just scratched the surface, and that's they are opposing defenses are off balance because. Yes, they know what's going to come in terms of K-State's running game, but there's there's still plenty of stuff that's there. You know, it strikes me in the early years of Bill Snyder, particularly the the little bit later when he went to the quarterback run game with the offense he designed for Michael Bishop, they would run the same play over and over out of different looks, different formations, different personnel, and they got away from that, and they were just running the same plays, uh, mostly out of the same formations, the point that all of us could watch and go, well, they're going to run the quarterback draw right here. This is a throwback to that. They run a lot of the same plays, but, boy, they come at it in different ways, different – they'll shift guys around. They do so much – movement and eye candy at the start of the play, the defense is still trying to decipher things when all of a sudden the ball's coming at them. It's really fun to watch. It's a fun, fun brand of football. But they're 6-2 and two now as Kansas State is bowl eligible. That uh, birth in the Cheetos Trisket, the pin bowl is now possible. <laughs> 
Camping Rural Bowl. I think that's where they go. That, yeah. And, you know, that would be a, a, a significant yeah, first selection. Time first time ever in Florida. I think they should have a Depend Bowl. Football's so good, you'll wet yourself. I'm telling you. There you go. There's There's the point right now. There's the tagline. There we go. Uh, But, Casey, it is bowl eligible. Four games to play. Amazing. The over-under in Vegas at the start of the year was five and a half wins. I knew they weren't going to get five and a half wins. I was positive they you would. You could already cash your ticket. How about that? You can cash your ticket right now. No, well, I, you know how I would well, you know can it? do that this week, right? I could if you, I had <laughs> had a ticket. You didn't bet the over. Well, you know how I know you, you, they wouldn't have got five and a half wins because you can't get a half win. Well, I know. That do you was, need a full win or a full loss? Was, Thanks for I'm, pointing that. I'm out. sorry, guys. Well, people are going to turn off the podcast after that line. Uh, <laughs> four <laughs> games, old Jimmy Johnson over there. <laughs> four winnable games for the Cats as they are now three and two in the conference. Guys, they're tied for third. With Texas and Iowa State, how this snuck up on me. I, I love the Tulsa paper uh, in their power ratings had Baylor, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State. I'm like, oh, you know, come on, guys. You know, they're three and three. I know they're, they might be, but that just seemed homerism to me to put them in there. They're kind of hit and miss. They were hit against the Wildcats, though. Yeah, they must just have been impressed at the game in Stillwater. One last thing I want to say because I bring this stuff up all the time is that. Uh, Man, just think about how much better this defense might be if, if uh, Justin Hughes was I was out. thinking about Man. that today. You know? I was. You know, at, you know, they played Khalid Duke at the defensive end spot, and I'm wondering if they won't move him there for next season because mm-hmm. you get Justin Hughes back with Elijah Sullivan and, and every, you know, Daniel Green. Pretty maybe, good group. Maybe he's just so good as a cheerleader. Yeah. They just leave him there next season. Man, I love that, that video. I don't remember who took it of, of him, like, basically – Waltzing with the sledgehammer like he was like leading uh, one of the HBCU bands. Have you guys seen that video? No. Yeah. It's pretty funny. It's it. pretty good. I'll have to find <laughs> that in got, the break. Then you got Mike McCoy doing backflips back after the game. Man. I mean, man, these injured players are having a ball. <laughs> <laughs> I just, Mike, I don't know, man. Maybe if you miss that backflip, right. it could be problems. Yeah. Problems. But he's young yeah. and you can't tell him what to do. Well, we're going to take a little break here on the Powercat Insiders Podcast sponsored by Commerce Bank. On the other side, we will have Ryan's rant of the week. I hope he has one prepared. And we will also talk a little K-State hoops. But more football also awaits. Stay locked in. The PowerCat Podcast will be right back. We now send it back to Fitz in the WTC gig powered studios. Welcome back to the PowerCat Insiders Podcast, sponsored by Commerce Bank. Fitz, Matt, Kellis, and the Southern Boy himself. Ryan Black, all here in the GPC studios, the WTC gig-powered studios. We thank our friends at WTC for giving giving us a gig of Internet. It's fantastic. I can fly around the Internet like nothing matters. It's kind of like banking at Commerce. Life is full of moments, both big and small. Commerce Bank has the technology and the people to help with whatever financial challenges come your way. Commerce Bank, challenge accepted. That's the best setup I've ever had. Are we doing the rant right now, or? We probably should talk some more football first. Okay. Well, yeah, because I, I have another question, because like, you guys have oh. seen I always do this, like, because I'm the newest person here in okay. terms of being on the beat. Did Did Saturday's game, for you guys, feel like... All of those Snyder games over the yeah. years where K-State just like, we're just going to come in and do whatever we want, and K-K, you can't do anything about it. Did. It. it did. To a T. Oh. It really did. And, and it had to really deflate mm-hmm. that segment of the KU crowd that remembered what it was like when Snyder retired before, and they had Mangino in place, and Mark was getting it up and running and flattened. 
Prince for three games in a row. There was a segment of fans that would always say, well, the old man's gone. KU's it, a whole different series now. And this had to really take the air out of him thinking, well, that looked way too familiar. I think as much Chris Kleiman played it down during the week, just like Bill Snyder did, oh, yeah, this oh, yeah. was important. Yeah. The more things change, the more they stay the same. And I sense a little tension between him and Les. How do you do? I will say one thing David Beatty did right when he was the KU coach was kiss, uh, can I say ass? You did. Yeah. I'll Backside. Say cat, cat, kiss K-State's ass. And he you know what? He sucked up to Bill Snyder at every turn, and he covered the spread against him every year, almost won. He was competitive. It was a better strategy than what Les Miles did. Yeah, well, Les, you just, might want to rethink uh, this one. Rattling the cage. Well, and that's what I was saying, because you guys know, like, the last two years, I mean, it has been a very competitive game. So this is the first time I've ever covered this rivalry where K-State dominated like they have so many of them. Yeah. I mean, it I mean, two years ago was where Skylar Thompson came on the scene for an injured Delton and basically helped them win that game in the second half. Last year, Delton did the opposite, came in and ran for the game one touchdown with 245 left. So they've been two close games last two years. I still thought going to the third quarter, since it was 17-3, to mm-hmm. this still has a chance to be agree. because well, of what KU had done exactly. in the yeah. second half. Yeah. They were a pretty good second half team. Yep. So when Coach comes out, I asked him – you know, how important is this drive to start the third quarter? How I use the word vital. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and kind of gave me that right grin and says, they're all vital. <laughs> Meaning, yeah, this one's this one's pretty vital. And when K-State just, you know, again, shoved it down their throat in nine plays, 75 yards, and just over four minutes, ball game. It was done at that point, and that's when they started head, heading to the exit signs. Okay, you starts going for it in their own territory early fourth quarter. The first one felt a little early to me. You know, just like punt it away, see if you can get a turnover. But they went for it, and that's when the floodgates opened. Yeah, that's, that's a tough one because you're not going to win either way. But if you want to have any prayer, you probably do need to go for it. It's, but, it's a tough call. But if you punt, the final score looks closer. So, <laughs> you know. It's, true. I, 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 it's sad to think that way, but they might have been better off punting. I don't I, know. I was 50 50 them going for it on that first one. Yeah. I get it, but the second one, kick it. Just get out of here. Yeah, because you're, you're asking for it. Yeah, and then who knows? You know, Tyler Burns might run twice for 32 yards and score a touchdown. I would like to hear, and I, I'll, I'll take the blame on this one for going off the beaten path. I would like to hear K, uh, KU's um, recruiting stance when they go into a young man's home. How What they play, what they come play for us. I want to hear what they you say. Come play right away, man. I want to hear what they say. Yeah, it's it's all about coming in and play. Look at Puka. Puka, you know, he could come in and play, start right away as a freshman, and now he's one of the best running backs in the Big 12. You always have leverage in the recruiting angle. You can come play for a championship team. May not play for three years. I, I just want to hear how KU goes about it. And and he also flashed a Super Bowl ring. Seriously, it's impressive. National championship. National championship. Ring. Oh, yeah. Super Bowl. Same I thing. Mean. I got you. It's all good. <laughs> They're all paid. Yeah. How about I, – I think LSU fans are a little upset now. Les kind of drove into the crowd here by saying it was the best environment he's ever <laughs> coached a game in. I would probably think LSU has a better environment than that. I don't know. It was pretty electric. <clears throat> it was pretty electric. You were on the field. 
And there was, you know, he didn't see any purple. It was electric because half the crowd was, yeah, K-State, if not more. All he saw were Jayhawk fans. They got a lot out of the all the empty seats in the bowl or the north end zone. Those were the free tickets probably for going to the Tech game, and they didn't bother I to come just, back. I want to hear how they sell it. I just have a long sigh over here about this Les Miles comment. Like, I mean, that's one of those things where it's like you have to say, like, even if it was the ugliest baby you ever saw, you'd say, that's a beautiful baby. Like, there's no way he actually believes that, about that being the best. Because, I mean, you don't Death tell, Valley. You don't tell the parents their baby's ugly? That doesn't mean you can't think it. You just shouldn't tell them. <laughs> well, he also said KU had better talent than he ever had at Oklahoma State. That, yeah, like which was also was ridiculous. Absurd. You know. But to your point, I mean, Gavin Potter, who was committed here, is starting in their yeah. In the middle of their defense. Yeah, I mean, he's go. no good right now because he, he's a true freshman. True freshman, yeah. And K-State ate him alive. He was in the wrong spot darn near every play, but he's out there. And Pot- Potter, he was the one right with the crazy signing day thing. Yeah, where he, he yeah. pulled off the shirts. Yeah. And, yeah. The, the Velton Gardner, City. another K-State commit former. He was out there playing yeah, Gardner too, too. So, I mean, they're yeah, they're they're re- buying it. Recruiting is one of the things they're doing well. It's uh, actually playing good every week that's eluding them. I have contended that he's doing his job. He's up the number of wins. Mm-hmm. They're recruiting better. They're fundraising because they've got to fix their facilities. People love him. He's he's getting people to open up their checkbooks. And once they get the money kind of to redo everything over there, they have to do it. And he just keeps them winning, and maybe he gets them to six wins in year three or four, and then he's out. And the next guy comes in. Good luck. Maybe off this staff. I don't know who it would be. Willie Taggart. No. <laughs> uh, Ayo. And uh, he's got facilities. He's got better players. He's got a little momentum in the program. And maybe then they're set up. I think Les Miles is serving a purpose at Kansas, and it wasn't to win 10 games. It wasn't to mm-hmm. be a miracle worker. It was to kind of get things off the they're dead in the water. Get get things flowing in the right direction, particularly with finances and getting new facilities, and then the next guy can do it. I don't know. Who knows? Willie Taggart. What does Willie Taggart If you were Willie Taggart and you just got fired by FSU and you got an ungodly buyout, do you ever work again? I don't. Yeah, he got $18 million. I would just kick back. I would be in... You know, Bermuda, Belize, Bahamas, one of those B things, Bismarck, one of those B <laughs> places that you vacation Buffalo. in. Buffalo. Buffalo. <laughs> for the rest of my stinking life. Uh, I got a call, the big rumor there, and I noticed he wasn't on the Vegas odds. Brent Venables. They're going after Venables. I've seen his name brought up there. I've also seen Jeff Scott, the, the Clemson offensive coordinator, mentioned there, too. Interesting. Co-offensive coordinator. They've had co-offensive coordinators for Venables a while. would be great anywhere if he'd ever coach, if he'd ever go be a head coach. Very interesting. Mark Stoops? Mark Stoops yeah, is another name I've seen. Too. Yeah, just what he's done at, at Kentucky. Very impressive. I'm not buying on Mark Stoops. I, I think he's done a really good job at Kentucky, but I think being uh, under the radar, little pressure, secondary sport at Kentucky – not regarded highly in the SEC, he's flourished in that lower expectations. Florida State, you better win 10. Is Florida State still a primetime job? It's getting... Define uh, primetime. Yeah, define define like primetime. Top 25? Well, it's top 25. Yeah, it's top 25, but is it what it was 10 years ago? Eddie, one of my buddies from the, like, the Oklahoma Rivals site, had a great tweet. They are one more bad hire from becoming Nebraska. 
Yeah. All talk, saw, all tradition, and no results. Mm-hmm. I just feel like that's a little bit not – I mean, because, like, they literally just won a national title not even five years ago. Like, it'd be different. I mean, Nebraska, we're talking about, what, now, 22 years ago since they won a title. But, like, Florida State won one five years ago. I, I, do I don't think they're quite that, people, though, you know. Florida State and Miami are newcomers to the elite club. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really are. Almost every other of the programs regarded as, you know, traditional programs, the Notre Dames and Michigans, USC. UCLA, USC, yeah. um, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Texas, Penn State, are all post-World War II births. Florida's the same way. You know, their first yeah. championship was 96. Under and Spurrier, a lot of those then... SEC schools. The guys come back from World War II, they come onto campus, they fill their football teams up with them, um, and schools like K-State and KU were still doing farm boys playing against men. And that's how those programs were built. Florida State and Miami are different. They're all from the 70s and on where they built their tradition. Well, I would just say, from, and not that I'm an expert on Florida State, but I had heard that that was part of the reason why uh, you know, Fisher's name was bandied about for all these jobs for years is because their facilities aren't up no, to snuff they're, they're not great. Problems. compared to these other, quote-unquote, as you call them, primetime programs. That's where I would say, because obviously they're in a prime recruiting location. Any of the Florida schools have that. But – you know, and just the unending arms race that is college football, that's where I think maybe they're, that they're lacking. It's, that, you can't do that. You just can't. And I applaud John Curry's foresight to make sure K-State had great facilities for this transition. It, there's no denying that it's played a role making things easier. What do you got to rant for us today? Okay, so Ugh. I don't know if you guys heard about this the other day. So I was talking to D. Scott, your employee here. And this is the second time that I've gone over there, so th- this is exactly what happened two years ago. Well, why does KU make it so difficult to get the credentials? Like, do, I mean, how did you guys get them? That's what I want to. How did you guys get the credentials for the game? They mailed them to me. I had them what? Next. Yeah. Okay, they didn't give Very me that. Easy. They didn't give me that option. Like when I did my credentials, like at least I, I thought I had checked off to mail them to me. But see, of course, so what I had to do is on this extremely busy game day is is go to you know, where the will call is to pick them up and then drive back through the crowd to go to where that parking garage is. And then, of course, you know, I get guffed from the parking lot attendant. And I'm like, well, yeah. hey, here's the email from the woman who's over, you know, KU's SID office. And I'm like, do you need me to show it to you? And it, it just time after time after time, I'm like, I just wish, like, the Big 12 or the NCAA or somebody just had, like, a specific policy for this stuff. Like, like I, said, I mean, whether you send it to your phone or whether, like I've said, I think Baylor does a great job where what they've done is they email you the parking pass and you just print it off yourself. Like, like I even told D. Scott, like, like, think about it that way. Then you cut down on paper. If you just email it to us, there's no paper involved other than you having to print it off. I just don't see why it's so difficult here in 2019 to get credentials, people. I was, I'm more upset with Texas and their credentialing system. Have you guys oh, okay. Oh, the fact that you actually enter, have a whole separate. You have to create your own. You know, th- th- that now, is let's point this out Profile to, to apply for credentials at Texas. Almost every major program, every major conference uses a thing called sports systems mm-hmm. that has a credentialing system. And it's kind of cool. You know, when Kellis goes to apply, he types in his email, it pulls up his profile. You know, and it, it, the profile exists in there, whether yep. it's. Texas has to be Texas, and they have their own system that is somewhat archaic and confusing, and you have to start over for every one you're credentialing. Every person. So, you know, my guys, we've got three credentials. Actually, we had two because they're limiting new media to two credentials. Well, quite often we take four people. I'm not traveling anymore. So we had to get Zach, our video guy, 
uh, credentialed, and he's going to shoot for WIBW also. What? But, no, you're kidding me. What? Yeah, yeah, they won't give us more than two credentials. No way. It, it's crazy. They're they're still in the 80s where they think newspapers are and are talk only? radio are the thing. Huh. Um, but, yeah, you got to start well, newspapers over. newspapers are pretty cool. Let's, let's be honest. <laughs> uh, you've got to start over every time you do a credential. You know, in the sports systems, you know, okay, I'm going to add Matt Walters. And, you so know, you're just I, saying that any website that applies for credentials there only gets two people? That's what I'm told. But I know they're, the Texas ones, I know they have multiple people in there. I know they have more than two. I mean, Chip Brown and Taylor Estes, my friends that I knew from Rivals that are on 24-7 now, are there. They went to scout, and the, the old 24-7 guys will be there. I mean, that's another thing. You talk about facilities. Why doesn't Texas have a better press box system? They've rebuilt everything about that stadium except the press box. It's It's old. The video cameras, like Mississippi State. The radio booths. <laughs> it's are, better than Mississippi State. Yeah. The radio booths are open air. It's crazy. So in the front row are the TV cameras that are shooting from the high, you know. Up, and we're right behind them. And they're right behind them. So if if a cameraman happens to yell an obscenity for whatever reason, I don't know why, every radio broadcast would pick it up. Yeah, George is the same way. That's where their cameras, the cameras are like right in front of where the Just media. Strange. But there's not enough room. What I love is the visiting media is kind of down on a separate end. And to our left is the Spanish language radio for Texas sports. And you get to hear them. It's like a soccer broadcast. <laughs> it's just, it's awesome. They're in a little booth, but it's not as soundproof as, you can't soundproof that. Well, I guess. Kellis, like you said, applying for Texas stuff is because you're you're not going to another state. You're going to a, a, a republic, so it has to be sure. different than than going. I'm surprised they don't maybe ask you for your passport. That's to coming. Credentialed for Texas. That's coming. Uh, so on the yeah. Other hand, so then, needless to say, my rant was was pretty stupid because apparently you guys got your credentials out issue. Well, uh, and I'm going to make sure, I guess, in advance for two years from now that I email and say, please, please mail my credentials to me. Traffic was miserable to the game coming it's, from Manhattan. Yeah. I, had to, I had to use my knowledge of Lawrence and go around. I'm sure that helped a lot. And I mean, a lot though. I think K State's football team got caught up. They even had a police escort and got caught up in it. I was mm. laughing because they were in gridlock. So yeah, definitely had to good. take the backers. There were people parking all the way uh, at Iowa Street to walk there. It was oh. like a mile and a half away. The long trek. Wow. And I really there, didn't respond hills. to your rant just because I get mine's just handed to me. So. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Such are the perks for working for K-State Sports, Learfield. Uh, IMG. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Learfield IMG College. Get it right. <laughs> do you really – but do you have to actually yeah, remember to say every company. part of that? Like that just seems like a mouthful. Yes. Man. <laughs> when you go to break, Learfield IMG College. Wow. UNLV basketball, on the other hand, I sent an email and said, do you need some on letterhead? And they're nah, come on in. <laughs> you don't, don't need a ticket. You don't need a credential. Just, just walk up. Yeah. Just walk in. Basketball. Man, that should be a fun trip. That was my transition right there. Tell us about your travel plans for that. Well, I'm leaving Thursday morning, so I'm in uh, hyperspeed with all my podcasts this week. Got to get the pregame. I always get the pregame podcast done on Wednesday, but then I do the overtime podcast on Thursday because that's all the bells and whistles, the fun stuff. No fun stuff in this one. Very limited fun stuff, and I'll get that up early. So I got to have all those on hold and head out. I leave for KCI Thursday morning, and now this is kind of scary for everyone involved. I arrive in Vegas about one p.m. My wife had a meeting pop up, so she had to change her flight, so she doesn't get out till late Thursday night. And our friends 
Brad and Shannon don't get there till late Thursday night. I will be loose in Vegas for a good nine, ten hours before anyone's there to accompany me mm. and kind of supervise my I see. my activities. So it'll be fun. Kansas State basketball does open their season Wednesday night with North Dakota State. Our Ross Uglum. Tuesday night. Tuesday night. Tuesday night. Yes. Guys, I literally would have missed it. It's tomorrow night. I literally, I had it in my brain Wednesday night. I would have missed it. That would have been funny. Wow. I still might because I have so much stuff to do. Ross Uglum sitting next door. He, of course, helps us out at uh, Go Power Cap, but he runs the North Dakota State site and the Green Bay Packers site for CBS on our networks. So um, I'm intrigued here. I'm very, very intrigued what we're going to see from this team. And I, like I pointed out on my TV show, The Drive, North Dakota State is regarded as the Duke of the Northern Plains. I made that up, but. Well, I'm just going to say, Fitz, if, if, you know, I don't get a text from you next week about the podcast and I see people coming in and taking out stuff, I know it's because you gambled the whole company away. <laughs> no, I'm not a that big was gambler. Better. That I'm, was better. I'm really not a big gambler. I don't, I don't bet on sports because, well, right now on the drive, I'm basically uh, shooting 35% from the free throw line on my picks. I'm not, I'm in last on the R picks. Uh-huh. I'm not good. I don't bet on sports. Uh, I do play blackjack. So that's probably what I'll entertain myself with Thursday. I'll find a blackjack table up at the flamingo or something nearby where we're staying and and then i'm taking the mortgage you got to take yeah. the mortgage to vegas yeah i mean of course <laughs> but i'll tell you one thing you won't see tomorrow night for basketball sean sean williams <laughs> that's the only thing i guarantee you won't see are they sean literally williams gonna build him a doghouse <laughs> he has to sit in during the game i'd love to know what he did okay i'm sorry just because you brought this up <laughs> cracked himself i up. would just love to see him lay on top of it like he's snoopy like yeah, on top just, of the doghouse? He's, he's like, he's just, he's like, man, when am I going to get back in? A, Sean, you gotta, this is where you got to sit for the game. Really, Coach? Yeah. That's something Frank Martin. I don't know who Woodstock would be, though. That's that's the one. How optimistic are you guys, <laughs> my God, for uh, K-State basketball? I mean, what's your realistic <clears throat> belief for this team? Mm. I'm confused. I, I see flashes here that made me more hopeful than originally, but they're so young, mm-hmm. and they just these guys haven't been proven as leaders. Yeah, we're going to see probably waves of greatness and waves of, oh, Lord. Uh, My biggest concern is in the post, what will they be able to get accomplished this year? Because we haven't seen James Love, Nigel Shad. Those two haven't played much anyway in the last couple of years. Um, You know, and Levi Stockard, I think, is better. But over the long haul... Is case they can have any presence in the paint. They're, they're playing a team that got in the NCAA tournament last year right out of the shoot. I mean, who knows? I think it's a hodgepodge of what we're going to see. Yeah, it's interesting. This is one of the tougher games, believe it or not, on the non-conference schedule, and they're taking it right off the bat. It's really a light schedule, and I agree with this one. Often I am critical of those things, but I feel like this year it's warranted get this team up to speed. What are your expectations for K-State basketball this season? I think they make the NCAA tournament. You do. I think they win 20 games. Good. I think they finish around the middle of the pack in the Big 12, but I don't think they'll do much more than that. I would um, take all that as a as a good season for I'm what more, they've got. I'm more bullish on them than, them than some. I like the freshmen. I think DeJuan I Gordon's really good. And I think Montavious Murphy and Antonio Gordon will help them inside. Um, I do have doubts about Mac, just as how foul-prone he is. I think – 
It'll be pretty clear from him every week. When he avoids foul trouble, they'll be okay down low. And when he doesn't, uh, it'll be an adventure. I don't know what we'll see from Levi. Um, I'm not really sure what we see at point guard, especially without Sean in there. Um, I so like yeah, Sloan. Those, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's all right. It's just got to figure it out defensively. It's just kind of mm-hmm. interesting. You're going into the first game basically down three scholarship players. You know, no yeah. Sean Williams, no Nigel Shad, no John James Love. I'm not sure when or if we'll ever see any of those guys this year. But I still like Xavier Sneed. I like Jada. I think they'll be, you know, solid. I think it'll be a lot like, you remember when Marcus Foster and Wesley Wundu were freshmen? Mm-hmm. I think it'll be a lot like that year. A little hit and miss, but when they mm-hmm. hit, they're really fun to watch. I agree. I, I'm really optimistic about the freshmen. Uh, there's one Gordon may not be as far as long as I thought he might be when they signed him, but the other two are way ahead of where I thought they'd be. I think they're going to settle into uh, Levi Stockard as the backup for Mac, and then the uh, the two freshmen kind of running through the four. I think that's the way to go. Yeah. And just they can run, do a lot more things. It is an athletic bunch. It is. It really is. There are going to be times where they're really exciting. And I think that's a key, Ryan. they got to get up and down the court, kind of beat those defenses down to the other end, just open it up and kind of play a fun brand. It'll be good for uh, the fans because they'll be hit drinking beer uh, to see a team that gets up and down the court. Yeah, but I think and the main thing is, too, at some point, like the only thing for these freshmen is they're going to have to learn how to play the defense that, that Bruce Weber likes to play but i do think just overall is going to be a more fun maybe brand of basketball than what we've seen the last few years uh i got to agree honestly with kellis i'm a lot higher on on this team than most people are i was shocked they were picked ninth in the big 12 i don't think that's right uh and like i i kind of view i think they're going to win right at 20 games i think you know they'll get kind of somewhere in that seven to ten line uh in this NCAA tournament and they won't make it out the first weekend but I still think that's a pretty good season after you lose three of the best players that 20, you've ever had. Twenty games put you right at nine and nine, eight and ten in the conference. Yeah. You think that's right? Yeah, yeah or, or ten and eight. Yeah, 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 yeah in between would, the eight, would, eight to ten wins I in conference love play. Ten and eight. I, yeah, I'm. I'm afraid they're going to be in the seven win range, and I. I see them clearly as a bubble team, maybe going oh, back to Dayton. God, no, not Dayton, please. I hate Dayton so much. <laughs> Just R.I.P. my travel what? budget. That's why I don't you want it. You didn't go, though, did you? No, I sent Riley. <laughs> yeah. I sent, no, I'm be, the only one who's been there, right? What are you okay. complaining about? Well, because I'm talking about my travel budget. That's it's what not, I'm talking not about. Not like when you have Big Daddy Warbucks McClatchy right. money here. Hey, I've done it. I've been through the battles. Okay. Ah, okay. I woke up. I've flown to oh, right. Dayton and covered the game. Look I've been Kellis. flown to Sacramento and covered a game the next day. And that, that one pain. ticket for me was more than $1,200 to get Riley. Oh, I heard it was. And then Riley lost like his, his credit card or debit card or something in Sacramento. Oh, I, w- I will say this, as much of a pain as it is to get to Dayton, once you get there, those games are fabulous because there's so much on the line. Oh, yeah, I'm I sure. I mean, it is a can't-lose game. Okay. Nobody wants to go that far and miss out on the actual bracket. The, that, yeah. that game has more intensity than any other game I've covered. Here's my thing. I think Kansas City should make a major push to get those games oh. out of Dayton hmm. and put them in Municipal Auditorium, hmm. one of the – Legendary, legendary NCAA tournament places, and then after the games, the winners you put them on the bus and you take them to the downtown airport and off they go on a charter. Man, I love that idea. That's awesome. I, mean, I also I like the fact that you didn't say Sprint Center. I mean, no, I think, uh, no, you put it, play it in Muni because for a long time Muni was still had the most NCAA tournament games, and now it's fallen off because nobody ever plays there. But it'd be a really cool place to play those. Two nights of basketball in downtown Kansas City where it all really mm-hmm. was established. And then, like I said, you don't have to take them to KCI that 
you can put, bring a charter into that downtown airport where the sports teams come in. And just how are the crowds for those games in Dayton that you covered, Kellis? Sellouts. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. I don't know. I don't well, know how. That, that's why they get it every year. It's like the one city that could sell out the sixteen versus sixteen play. I would game. think that the Kansas City could do it though too, right? I think you too. I imagine they do a lot of corporate. Sales oh yeah, of course. And, you know, this is important for Dayton. It is. It's really headline news for Dayton, but they don't realize it's not good news because everyone bitches about Dayton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If if your big thing in town is a sixteen versus sixteen game, and that's your pride and joy, that's very Dayton. And that's probably some people from Dayton listening to this that are very angry. <laughs> oh. It's a beautiful town. Okay, that's how actually what people with Dayton sound like. Right? Would, would Dayton be in your top five Ohio cities? That goes back to the ugly no. children comment from Jimmy Johnson earlier. Yeah, well, I said babies. I didn't say children. Babies. Oh, Dayton. Because I mean, come on, all babies that. really look the same for the most part. Don't they? Don't you guys feel like it? Well, they kind of look like me, fat and bald. Well, but I'm just saying, like, like, okay, I'm just, I'm being honest, guys. Like, I've never seen a baby, and you just see people say, "Oh, he, he or she looks just like, you know, you know, Aunt Jeannie or something." And I'm like, they look like a baby. I can't tell they look like an adult. Dad in the group, answer that. Oh yeah. Wait, what? Wait, you don't have kids? Nope. What? Not that he knows of. Oh, (laughs) well, heck, okay, Kellis, it's all on you, man. You gotta step up. Well, I mean, yeah, all my all three of my kids got my got my wife's looks, so they're all. Oh. Nobody's calling them ugly, but oh, yeah, we've, uh, <laughs> I mean, definitely, we. I've I've looked at kids before. I'd have friends who. I mean, there aren't a whole lot of great looking newborns. But that's all I'm saying. It's like yeah, obviously, once kids you, get, you definitely have to do it when you. Say, oh, well, it's the cutest baby I've ever seen. Then when you're out of the room, that's the ugliest baby I've ever seen. Well, all, all I'm like saying that. is like when they're actual infants, I don't think you can really tell. But then obviously, once they at least have grown some, you're like, okay, well, their facial features look like so and so when they were younger. In- infants look like old people, honestly. But yeah, I was so, born in a tuxedo close. with a cigar. It's a little-known fact about a tuxedo me. with I, a cigar, yeah, and that's classy. Me. I look like an old guy. I had a top hat. Very <laughs> uncomfortable for my mother. By the way, uh, guys, if you're listening and you're not married or you're getting ready to be married, Kellis just gave you a clinic <laughs> on how to keep your marriage happy. Always compliment the wife whenever possible, because if you don't, they'll beat the tar out of you. Hmm. And on that note, we're done. <laughs> We appreciate you listening to the PowerCat Insiders podcast. A couple of these guys have to get to a uh, Bruce Weber press conference here on Monday because apparently they play basketball tomorrow night. Who knew? You've been listening to the PowerCat Insiders podcast presented by Commerce Bank. PowerCat podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.